worship out. We realize that everything around us, everything we see is just such a useless, empty stuff. Possessions and things. And how wonderful it is we can pour out our affection and our joy and our love on our eternal Father to worship Him and praise Him. It's what we're going to be doing forever. We're so glad we can do that now. We thank you, Father, for touching every need that's been represented, whatever it might have been.
right now, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck, so we understand then that the oxygen deprivation. Now we know why. The answer is a lot of questions, right? Thank you, thank you for that, proud mom and grandma and all the rest. But we do praise him that he is our Heavenly Father. Take your Bibles, if you will, open them to Ezekiel, a strange passage for us this morning, but Ezekiel, the 33rd chapter. Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel 33, and we're going to talk this morning about being a watchman, being a watchman. This is Father's Day, so this is going to be targeted at men and fathers, of course, but of course, since it's the word, it's for all of us because we need women watchmen as well. But Ezekiel, the 33rd chapter, and we're going to start right in verse 1, and then we'll touch on some other verses a little bit later. Uh, as well. Ezekiel 33, verse 1 through 7. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, When I bring the sword upon a land, and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make them their watchman, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever's, whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood will be on his own head. In other words, he didn't listen, didn't pay attention. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take the warning. His blood shall be upon himself, but he who takes warning will save his life. But, verse 6, and here's the solemn warning that we have. But, if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. You can stop there. So in other words, the, the warning for the watchman is if the Lord says it and you're not listening and paying attention and doing what he's telling you to do, blood will be on your hands. So it's a very solemn, solemn thing. Uh, so we want to speak just about our, ourselves as being watchmen for those around us. And actually, this uh, word has two aspects to this watchman concept. It's both passive and active at the same time. On the passive side, to be a watchman means that you're just looking, you're scanning, you're keeping a vigil. Uh, you're just watching like a, like a sentry or like a guard. You're watching. On the other hand, it is also defined as a picket. You remember pickets from the Civil War. It's a... It's a, it's a defensive position, but it's used also to strike or to demonstrate or to protest something. So there is some force to this concept as well, which we'll see a little bit later. And I say this because I don't want us to get the impression that being a watchman is a dull vigil that, you know, you just sort of sit there and do nothing. That's not what we do as believers. We, we the word is very clear. Jesus even said the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. So there are many times we have to take our flesh by force. We have to take spiritual darkness by force. So there's a, there's a violence to it. And, and Jesus said in that passage, he concluded by, by, by saying, I say unto all of you, watch. In other words, keep your eyes open and watch. There's an excellent example of this in the New Testament in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 5, 8. You, you know it probably by heart. Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil is walking about like a roaring 
and seeking the evil he may devour. That's the passive side. He said, just be sober, be vigilant, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, be ready all the time, listen. But then the, the active side comes in verse 9 of that passage, resist him and steadfast in the faith stand ground. So resist. So there's the active and the passive side of this thing. So we're going to talk about three characteristics from this passage uh, this morning uh, that give us some idea of what a strong, alert watchman is supposed to be like. We're going to see this, that a strong watchman has spiritual sensitivity, awesome responsibility, and what we call the deliverance of the soul, which we'll get to at the end. Spiritual sensitivity, awesome responsibility, and deliverance of the soul. So let's start with the first one. Spiritual sensitivity. In, in the natural, and I, I've never stood on guard uh, in, in the military or as a policeman or anything like that, but, but uh, that watchman has to be sensitive to their surroundings. They're, they're listening, aren't they? Always listening. Listening for a twig to snap, listening for a stone to move, a pebble to move, listening. Not, not necessarily knowing what they're listening for, but I believe we listen for something that is out of the ordinary. That's what we've got to listen to as believers, especially in this day and age. In the spiritual realm, it's the same. We don't listen for the devil. We don't really look for the devil. We don't look for demons per se. But we listen for something that's out of the ordinary. Something that's weird. Something that's strange. We look at it and we go, hmm, there's no natural explanation for that. That's something that is very strange. We listen to that still, small voice of conviction. That's what the watchman's supposed to do. Listen for that, 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 that soft call to prayer, that uneasy feeling that awakens us. How many of you have ever had that? You're just walking down the road, and all of a sudden, you just get the hackles go up in the back of your neck. The uneasy feeling comes inside, and you realize, wait a minute, something, something's wrong here. I need to pray for something. I need to, to see what the Lord is doing. Something out of the order. That small, unnoticed blessing the Lord gives you. And you went, okay, Lord, what's, what's that for? What am I to do with it? That fleeting, tempting thought that comes into the mind. Okay, how do I deal with that? So we deal with those things. But I believe that the key to being sensitive for us, especially on this side of Calvary when we have the Bible and the Word, is verse 7. He says, watch, as the watchman of the house of Israel, therefore you shall hear a word from my, everybody say the word, mouth. A word from my mouth, he says. Now, uh, I believe if you're going to hear a word from somebody's mouth, that means you have to be close to their mouth. So if I say, for instance, uh, let's see, we'll pick on Charlie, he's way back there. If I say, Charlie, can you hear me? Yes, I can. <laughs> can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Yeah. <laughs> 
But you see, they hurt me because of why? I was close to them. The closer you get to somebody's mouth, the more you're going to hear what's being said. You can hear a whisper if it's at the mouth. The closer we get to this, the more we hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit. The further we get from this, the more we'll hear the confusion and the cacophony of sound from the world that will drown out the image of Jesus in our lives. Very simple. I'll give you a, a comical, silly example of this. Uh, on my second trip to India, uh, we were invited, we were in Hyderabad, India, and we were invited to Secunderabad, which was <clears throat> an overnight train ride uh, in India. And if you've never been on an overnight train in India, you have to do it once in your life. Just once. And so we arrived there, and it was a large, large gathering. There were about 100,000 people there. That's usually the way it is in, in those types of countries. And the guest speaker was John Osteen. Now, John Osteen is the father of Joel Osteen. Many of you know that from the past. And John Osteen had a worldwide ministry of a large church in, in Texas there. And uh, his son, Joel, has taken it over and gone from there. But uh, he was the guest speaker. So that, that we, got, we come to the, and we weren't, we weren't anything special. We were just there to invite the, uh, one of the missionaries in the area. And so uh, the, uh, we were invited up on the platform, which was very kind. There were two rows of chairs. And I was, I, my, and the gentleman I was traveling with, we were ushered in. And I don't know how, but I ended up sitting front dead center in that second row. And I was not sitting there. And then uh, after a few minutes, the dignitaries came in, and, and one of the dignitaries was the uh, governor of that whole province, who was a Muslim, but he was there just uh, out of uh, respect for what was happening. So he came in, and John Osteen was sitting next to him. So John Osteen was sitting right in front of me, and uh, we greeted each other and everything, and blah, 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 blah. And so the service began, and as the service went on, they would say funny things. The, the, the moderator would say something funny or cause the crowd to do something. And John Osteen would turn around, and he did this. He would slap me on my leg, and he'd say, <laughs> Some kind of southern drawl. And the guy next to me said, what did he say? I said, I don't know. <laughs> Service went on. Guy said something else. Sure enough. sound 
is drowning out what God is trying to say and get pressed into his mouth. It's so important for us to keep our ear at his word. Man does not live by bread alone. Wait a minute, Jesus. Wait a minute. Of course man only lives by bread alone, right? You've got to eat. But Jesus is saying, do you know there is something more important than food in your belly? He says, more important is the word of God. Wow. How can you possibly equate the word of God to food that gives you life? But Jesus said, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that's what's important. I love the way the, the prophet Isaiah said it. Oh, everyone who thirsts, let him come to the waters. And he that hath no money, come, buy and eat. Oh, man, what a grocery store that is. Free food. And what's even more telling and wonderful is, he says, why do you spend money for that which is not bread, and you labor for that which does not satisfy? See, the further we move away from his word, the less satisfied we will become, the less fulfilled we will feel. The further we move away from the word of the Lord, the more we'll try to cram other things into us. We'll try to cram possessions and people and programs and positions and everything else into us to try to fulfill some desire that only the word spoken in his mouth, <coughs> sensitive to him, could ever supply. I remember my, my wife was telling me, um, I, I think I get most of the story correct, but when she was working for J.C. Penney, she would go to people's homes for decorating and things like that and, and uh, window treatments and all that. <clears throat> and uh, she said that they were talking one time with one of the installers. They were sitting around talking. They said, what's the weirdest <laughs> customer you've ever had? <laughs> Those of you who've been in sales for years probably did have a lot of, you know, what's the weirdest customer you ever had? And this guy said, uh, well, one time, of course, everybody that got window treatments never liked them and had to come back and reinstall them, you know, because that's just the way it is. Uh, I don't know, ladies bed sheets were fine. But anyway. <laughs> and uh, so so this person has a million dollar home, beautiful big home, and, and so they said, we're not happy with the way these look, so he said, okay, I'll come back. So he goes to the house, and he hears howling, and he says, whoa, uh, I don't like dogs. Can you make sure that your dog is, and the husband said, that's not the dog, that's my wife, she's in the basement. She's so upset with the way the window treatments look that she's howling. Oh, oh, <laughs> now, on the one hand, that is hilarious. <laughs> but on the other hand, it's like, oh my Lord, how sad. Right. Right. That your whole life would be wrapped up in window treatments? What is the matter? Oh my goodness. I don't know about you, but I want to keep my ear to the Word of God and just say, you know what? You can have the whole world. I'll just take Jesus for mine. I'll just keep the Word. Hallelujah. Far too often, you and I have failed to be to hear and to be that clear and clean channel of the pure, unadulterated anointing of God's Spirit. We've got to stay close. We've got to stay soft. We've got to stay sensitive as a watchman. Because here's what can happen, and you can read this in the Song of Solomon. It's a wonderful, wonderful dissertation of what happens when a watchman does not stay soft before the Lord. And it can happen to you, it can happen to me in the pulpit, it can happen to anybody. But you can read it in the Song of Solomon. It's in the third chapter. The bride got up uh, in the middle of the night, and she went to look for her groom. And she asked the watchman, I passed by them just a little 
watchman said, no, we didn't see anybody come by. See, the watchman had lost their sensitivity. They lost what they were supposed to do. It was their job to see who passes by, but they weren't paying attention. They were just hanging around, not aware of who went by. Then just two chapters later, two chapters later, we see the same watchman beating the bride, and the bride said, they smote me, they wounded me. Of course, this is all a depiction of Jesus. The keepers of the wall took away my veil and stripped me of it naked. Follow me. These watchmen, they had moved from insensitivity to heartlessness. They moved from just being dull of hearing to violent depravity. They moved from slow apathy to brutal disregard. The very ones who were supposed to be compassionate watchmen had become self-serving, heartless oppressors. And it will happen to you, and it will happen to me, the farther we move away from the Word of God. The more you become an oppressor, the more you will revert to all the trash that you learned growing up, the more you will revert to the activity of the flesh, and the less you will do of the Holy Spirit in your life. Gotta be so careful. Gotta be so careful. Because we can become that heartless and that cruel. And we talked about it in one of the one of the groups this past week. You go back in history and you see it all the time, don't you? All through church history. One group was oppressed, then they came into power, and they oppressed the next group. And the Anabaptists oppressed the Presbyterians, and the Presbyterians oppressed this group and that group. And we do it all the time. We've got to stay close to the Word and keep sensitive to Him. But in the midst of, of this, it, 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 it's interesting. As we, as we see how to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, there's a wonderful example uh, in Scripture as well. It's Habakkuk, another strange one. You probably know the story, but Habakkuk was a prophet. And in the midst of all the things that were happening in Israel, in the midst of all the oppression, all of that was happening to them, the billowing, foreboding, storm clouds that were gathering, the Chaldeans were soon to rush down upon his disobedient Israel and destroy him. There was going to be a frenzy of barbarism, executing fierce judgment, carrying people off into captivity. And in the midst of that, Habakkuk said, here's what I'm going to do, Lord. I'm going to stand my watch. I'll set me upon a tower, and I'm going to watch to see what he will say to me and how I will answer when I'm reproved. Oh, my. He knew that he had to set a watch. He had to stop everything and start listening. And he had to wait at the mouth to hear what God was going to say. Here's the neat thing about that, because he did hear, and there was a wonderful prophetic word that came forth for him. But here's the neat thing about that. That was, that was 626 years before Christ. And then God gave Habakkuk those seven words uh, that, that he lived by. And those seven words were the just shall live by his faith. So Habakkuk knew, <clears throat> well, I've got to live by the faith in God. I've got to trust him. Thousands of years later, uh, there was a word given in Hebrews 11 chapter, the just shall live by faith. And we see that again and again. And then thousands of years after that, same thing. The church had become corrupt. They were selling indulgences. They had standing armies at war. There was perversion all around. There was rampant false teaching. The watchmen had lost their way one more time. And God needed a watchman because the others had become corrupt. So all of a sudden, <clears throat> out of nowhere, one small professor, <laughs> one small teacher of the word, one monk, 
Martin Luther saw the corruption, was so disheartened, and he took up the word, and he went to a strange place. He went to Habakkuk. Who would ever go to Habakkuk to hear from the Lord? He went to Habakkuk, and he read those words. The just shall live by his faith. And as he read those words, God birthed a revival in his spirit that has not stopped since. It has gone around the world and caused justification by faith to flood the entire earth so far. Oh, we've got to listen to his word. Lord, make us sensitive watchmen to hear your word. So there has to be sensitivity. There has to be sensitivity. But there also has to be this awesome responsibility that we have. And as we saw that in the 33rd chapter, if the watchman does not say anything, if the watchman keeps his mouth shut, <clears throat> if the watchman doesn't pay attention, then the Lord says, his blood's going to be on your hands. Their blood's going to be on your hands. Awesome responsibility. Uh, we've all heard it, of course, men in particular. You're the key to your family. You're the key to the church. You're the key to many things in our society. I remember a line from Pastor Jack Hayford years ago. I don't even know what the sermon was, but I remember the line. He would always say, if we do not, he will not. And boy, isn't that true. If we don't, he won't. It's very simple. If I don't seek him, he's not going to make me seek him. If I don't open the word, he's not going to make me read the word. If, if I don't want to pray, he's not going to make me pray. If I don't want to tell people about Jesus, he's not going to make me tell people about Jesus. He's not going to make me do anything. He waits for me to step up and do it, and then he brings the blessing. But it's an awesome responsibility that we have as watchmen. And it's disturbing and frightening at times because we realize that responsibility. As a matter of fact, Jesus put it this way. He says, if you uh, do not operate in your responsibility, then guess what's going to happen? And he gave the parable of the talents. And he said, you know what? The one who has many talents but doesn't use them, the one who has little talents and doesn't use them, I'll take away the one from the, young, the littlest talent and who doesn't use them, and I'll give it to the one that has the most. Well, that doesn't sound like good socialist policy. <laughs> that's not fair, one could say. No, but that's the way God does it. The outcome and misuse of non-use of his gifts and talents, what little I have will be taken away and given to the one who has much. I believe that's why the Apostle Paul said, <clears throat> I am a debtor to the entire world. I owe the world the gospel. I need to be that watchman that is has that awesome responsibility to every moment saying, Father, how can I bring the word to somebody who needs it? How can I do that? How, how should I do this? You say, well, well how, how do we do this? How do we do this as normal people? Do we sell our house and go to Bible school and give everything up to come and evangelist? No, no, no. Peter gives us a really, really great way to do this. And this, this can be done by every single one of us in this sanctuary. If we want to accept that sensitivity, if we want to accept that responsibility, very simple. He says in 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you of the hope that is within you with meekness and with fear. Sanctify the Lord God. In other words, set God apart. Make him special. So when I'm out 
doing my grocery shopping, when I'm out walking through my day, when I'm at school, when I'm at work. Yeah, doing all those things I need to do. But in those times, say, God, I want to still hear your voice. Speak to me. Talk to me.
country. Listen, when God does what he does, you can't stop telling it. Hallelujah. When God places a burden in your heart, you just can't shake it off. The more you pray for that person, the farther away they might get, but you just keep praying because you can't stop. The more I pray at when I'm sick, the sicker I might get, but I'm just not going to stop praying. The more I pray, it may get darker and darker, but I'm not going to stop. The harder it gets, I'm not going to stop. The burden is too deep. The burden is too profound. It's too far down in there, and I have to deliver it to God and get it out of myself and get it to Him. That's what a watchman does. Watchman never gives up. I know there are some of you in here that are praying for children. You're praying for children and sons and daughters that are no longer serving the Lord. I guarantee you there's not one mother or father in here that's not stopped praying. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep on seeking. Keep on calling out on God. Because that's what a watchman does. We need, in this last day, we need watchmen. Watchmen who are sensitive. Watchmen who are responsible. Watchmen who are ready to deliver his heart to the world. And you know what I like about that word responsible? Let's close with this thought. What I like about that word responsible is the root word of that word responsible. Response. You know, that's the first thing about being responsible is you respond. That's how you get responsible. You respond. If the Lord says something or someone says that, well, that's a responsible person. Well, yeah, they're responsible because they respond. we got to get to the place, folks, where when the Word says it, we respond to it. Uh, I think it was Sandy that sent me a video a while back uh, uh, about uh, someone sharing the Word. And, and, and the basic thrust of, this, of the whole message was, if God says do it, just do it. Don't wait. Don't question. Don't be like Jonah. Don't be like others. And the Holy Spirit says, I will respond. And the more you respond, the more responsible you become. And the more God says, that's my watchman. How many know we need some watchmen in these days? We don't need perfect ones. We don't need spiritual giants. We don't need ones that can quote all the scripture in the world. We just need people that will say, here I am, Lord. Send me. I'm listening. I'll do what you want me to do. To whoever you want me to do. Let's just bow our heads. Father, I thank you so much for the watchmen that you're sending our way. I thank you for the watchmen that are in this room that have stayed faithful to you all these years. Not perfect, not flawless, but faithful. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for people that will continue to respond and say, here I am. Lord, I'll keep that awesome responsibility that you've given me. Lord, I'll keep that sensitivity to the best I can. In those times when I get a little bit dull and senseless, call me back by your spirit. Because I want to I hear your voice again. I want to be sensitive. And Father, I believe you're calling people to deliver their soul, to say, here I am, Father God. I've got to, as a watchman, I've got to deliver this as Habakkuk did, as Martin Luther did, as others have done. I've got to deliver what's in my spirit and my heart to the world around me with meekness and with fear. And we know that you will do it in us and through us. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like all the dads, if you could just stand real quickly. We have the moms do this. We want to pray for the dads as well. And I say this all the time. The Mother's Day crowd that stands is always prettier. <laughs> 